Solomon Kinley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham Smythe for the touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. 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 Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray. Two on this Thanksgiving week, Monday. Plenty of football all week long. But hey, tonight, what a game, huh? Super Bowl rematch between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Who you got and why? Marco D'Angelo in the house with me. As we uh, will preview that game and recap a very busy NFL Sunday yesterday. And how about last Saturday as well? UNLV over Air Force. These Rebels are 9-2. and two. They were down 17 points to Air Force. Looked like, okay, well, the nice story's done. But no, the Rebels come storming back, and they win. Erase that 17-point deficit. Snap a five-game losing streak to the Air Force Academy. You know the last time that UNLV beat Air Force was 2013? Oh, by the way, when was the last time UNLV went to a bowl? 2013, right? Hmm. They're 9-2. and two. They're one win away from hosting the Mountain West Conference Championship game. The last two games, UNLV has outscored their opponents, Wyoming and Air Force, in the second half, 30 to nothing. We're seeing defense. That's Barry Odom especially. Very happy for this team. Barry Odom will join us on Wednesday. Normally joins us on Thursday. He will join us on Wednesday along with Trevor Maddich. So as uh, so we play out the week, Thursday we will be off. You get a replay of T.C. Martin Show Songfest on Thursday and Friday. We are back at the Westgate. Love the Friday shows at the Westgate the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, when we were at the Cosmopolitan, those were always fun shows. And uh, the Westgate, a lot of fun because we got a lot of action on that Friday. And while everyone's out there shopping, we'll be working hard. And one of us will be eating leftovers, and that's my tag team partner, Marco D'Angelo. Most of the stores are closed on Friday. What? Yeah. That's never... What are you talking about? Seriously. All, like, it's Black Friday. Everyone's having a sale. They open no, at 6 in the morning. What are you talking about? Because of because of all of the stuff that they're all... Clo- like, it's going to be... Black Fridays are all like... It was like last Friday. There, there's been sales going on because they don't want the lines and people going out and people working the day after Thanksgiving and stuff like that. Okay. Okay, you're telling me that the majority of the department stores are closed on this Friday. Is that what you're trying to say? I believe so. You are 100% wrong. No. (laughs) I think he's half right. They're going to be open, but they've been having their Black Friday sales early to try. I get that. Yeah. But that's still their biggest day of the year. They're not going to close down like it's No, I I don't think there's going to be like the Black Friday sales so I think it's just going to be... You said stores are going to be closed. You know what? <laughs> you, You're you number did, one. You dude. did. I, I, I have, to, I have I know. to side with him. <laughs> You're number like, one. Like the, the, I know. Thank you. I got your back when you're right. When I'm right. Which is pretty often. <laughs> what about UNLV? What a story, huh? This is a story that 
obviously, it's not going to have a good ending. And by that, I mean is... Glass half empty over here. (laughs) The success is somebody's going to come get Barry. Okay, but we're not talking about that right now. I know. But it's... Yeah, it's it's eventual, of course. But what this team has done is absolutely incredible for year one. This is something that you would have expected to see an improvement maybe year two, three of of taking over a program, especially a program that's been down as long as this program has. Um, What they did in coming back, you know, when they were down 17, like you said, oh, okay, it's been a nice run. My question is, what's happened to Air Force in the last three weeks? Okay, they they had two bad losses, and it was because of turnovers. They ten turnovers in those two games against two you know, games. Army and that wasn't the case in this one. You know, they they had the lead and everything. And UNLV came back, and how nice will it be to host a Mountain West Conference championship game here in Vegas? I mean, just to go piling on to everything else that we've had in Vegas in the last two years, as far as you know. The Aces, you know, the Golden Knights, and now what we've seen from UNLV. Um, yeah, this is good. Enjoy it while we got it and get a bowl game. It's going to help the program. Uh, but you know, we'll see what happens after that. Nine and two right now. Now they play San Jose State at home as their last regularly scheduled, you know, regular season game. San Jose State six and five. They are five and two in conference. So the, the total record. Doesn't mean anything. This is all about the conference record. UNLV is six and one with that lone loss to Fresno State, which actually could have won. Dropped a pass in the end zone mm-hmm. to send the game into overtime, and but they lost the game. But they're still it on the top right now. They control their own destiny. If they beat San Jose State, they will host on December second, the following Saturday, the Mountain West Conference Championship game. Wouldn't be a surprise of you know. Pac-12 championship game is at Allegiant Stadium, Mountain West Conference championship game, Las Vegas Bowl. We're used to that. But UNLV hosting, that would be something special. But I will caution people. People are going to look at San Jose State and say, oh, they're 6-5. and five. They're 5-2 five and two in conference. They lost their first two games in conference play. They've reeled off five in a row. This is a very high-octane team. We've seen this program, which was on the doldrums going back five, six years ago. They have really gotten it together, and they were thinking about closing down that program. They were going to shut it down. In the last two, three seasons, they have been very, very good, and this is going to be a tough game for UNLV. I think the line reflects that. UNLV is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. It's Saturday. It's 12 noon. I wish it was a little bit later in the day, especially since Ohio State Michigan's at nine. Uh, this is the marquee game, but they're going to have their hands full. Air Force is five and two. Boise State is five and two. So that is, those are your standings. And the reason why I go over this is because check this out. UNLV six and one, San Jose State, Air Force, Boise, all five and two. Air Force plays Boise this week. So the winner of that game will be six and two. If San Jose State wins, they'll be six and two. And UNLV, if with a loss, would be six and two. UNLV wins, they control their own destiny. And then we got to figure out who they're going to play. But remember, it's the top two teams. There's not two divisions here. Right. The Do you know what happens if there is a tie for the Mountain West Conference? 
with three teams or more, which could happen. If San Jose State wins, there will be at least a three-way tie. You ready for this? I've got it written down. In the, in the event of a percentage tie between three or more teams in the Mountain West Conference, the following comparison procedure shall be used until one or more teams gain an advantage and or the process reverts to the two-team tie-breaking procedure. Number one, winning percentage of the tied teams are compared in a mini round-robin format. If within the mini round-robin, any of the tied teams did not play each other, the group of teams shall remain tied, unless one team defeated all other tied teams. Number two, the highest college football playoff selection committee ranking or composite average of the selected computer rankings. The two highest ranked tied teams will be identified using the following criteria. The tied teams who are ranked in the latest poll of the college football playoff committee and a win in the final weekend. A composite average of selected computer rankings for the tied teams that lose in the final weekend of the regular season, or were not ranked in the latest available college football playoff selection committee. Note, CFP selection committee ranking is superior to the composite average or selected computer ranking. I could go on for about another 18 sentences. Did you understand anything I just said? No. Neither do I. (laughs) (laughs) They have this out right now. What happens with their, because if San Jose State pulls off the upset, we are going to have at least a three-way tie, and I have no idea. I just want to know, can UNLV be left out of the party if they lose? After they beat these other teams. They shouldn't if they beat the other teams well, head Well, Well, here it is. Okay, so San Jose State, this would only come into play if they lost to San Jose State. So that's a strike against them. They did not play Boise, so UNLV would be rooting for Air Force because UNLV played Air Force. Right. See, now we're getting to the bones of this thing. We're Now we're getting to the stuffing of the turkey there, Marco. Here's I from, can't figure it out. From a scheduling standpoint, the one thing that gives UNLV a little bit of an edge is San Jose State, as good as they're playing and they're playing good at the right time of the year, they became bowl eligible last week. I always like to look at the teams the week after they become bowl eligible because there could be a letdown there. But the fact that they're playing UNLV, who has been the, the story of the Mountain West, should not have them flat for this game. Now, on the flip side to that, you know, when I look at a line and I say, something smells fishy. The fact that UNLV is only a three and a half point favorite, doesn't that smell a little bit fishy to you? They, wouldn't you think they, with the disparity in the two teams' records, six and five and nine and two, and the fact that UNLV is at home and UNLV has played, you know, all these big games in a row, that they would be a bigger favorite in this matchup? San Jose State has played a much tougher schedule than UNLV in conference and out of conference, especially in conference. And again, they lost their first two games. And remember, UNLV not on the schedule. San Diego State, Utah State, and Boise State. Very strange. That I mean, that is a gift for for UNLV. So, are is that part of the reason why they're nine and two? Yes. Non conference schedule was not good. They played one team with a winning record, and that was Michigan, and they got beat. Showed a decent account of themselves, but you can only play the teams that are on your schedule. So fine. But they're playing at home this Saturday. They got a chance to beat San Jose State. 
They get to host. They could come right back and play San Jose State again. Um, or maybe they wouldn't, would they? No, because that would give them their third loss. So they'd be out. People are going, what happened to Fresno State? Fresno State was 8-0. Now they're 8-3. and They lost their last three games all in, in conference here. Crazy. Just like Air Force. Yeah, right, right. So, so yeah, San Jose State. So you talk about a must-win game. San Jose State, they can't backdoor their way in there because if they lose to UNLV, that gives them three losses. So that means the winner of the Air Force-Boise State game would play UNLV. Right. Yeah. But if San Jose State wins, you will have a three-way tie with UNLV, San Jose State, and either the winner of the Air Force-Boise State game. That then it, it gets tricky because UNLV beat Air Force, but they did not play Boise State. And I would imagine Boise State would probably have maybe a higher CFP or something ranking over UNLV. So UNLV could get shut out of the championship game, let alone not host it. So they need to win. I think it's a very intriguing game. Here's the big question. How many people are going to show up for this game Saturday at 12 noon? That's the the problem. That's the problem. You would think you would have your biggest crowd ever for a UNLV game, wouldn't you? Remember, there would be times at Sam Boyd Stadium where UNLV would get 25,000, come close to 30,000. Now, granted, that would be a game against Wisconsin or UCLA or something like that. But San Jose State does not have a, a big fan base at all. They don't, they have as little su- success in recent decades like UNLV. Mm. Are we going to have your typical 15,000, 12 to 15,000 here on Saturday for a game that means Mount West Conference championship implications? If I didn't have you, all the other it, games? Set it. Set, set, the, set the attendance, Mr. Oddsmaker. Right now, Saturday, 12 noon. These what two if, teams fighting for the championship. What have they been averaging? UNLV? Mm-hmm. About 14, 15. I'm going to take the over on that. I, I think mm-hmm. they'll, they'll get to 18. I don't care if you got to pay for the place. I don't care if you got to give away free tickets. Forget the paid attendance. You 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 got to have 30,000 there. You got to. I don't think you will, but isn't it sad? Because you've had decades of futility people still have not embraced this this is college football we we opened the show talking about not i know you can't compare it to penn state and michigan and oklahoma and all these you, you can't i get that but you can compare it to boise state and in some of the, in utah and some of these other schools where you know you, you can get 40 or fifty thousand. Oh, it's, it's utah take is a perfect example yeah you, you have between the three teams in Utah, and they used to be a Mount West Conference team. BYU, Utah State, and Utah; those three schools, yeah. especially when they play one another. Yeah, it's uh, it's still sad, is it, that we're you know trying to hype this up, and it's such a feel good story. And like you said, they are playing great football, but they still do not have that support. They're nine in two right now. I'd love to see them, you know, fill that entire bottom bowl. And I honestly thought, because let's be honest, for most people, a Raiders ticket is pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you want to take your family 
and go see a game and see Allegiant Stadium, you're going to spend some coin. To go to a UNLV game, you're going to still get the the experience of Allegiant Stadium. And right now, you're getting good football. It's You would think more people would want to take their kids and see a game. That's a way to you know enjoy the stadium on a budget, so to speak. All right. I, I agree. We've always said that. If you want to get a chance to go uh, to Allegiant Stadium, and it's, it's still a fun atmosphere at UNLV, totally different than an NFL game with the Raiders. But again, now you're talking about watching a potential championship team. You know? Uh, I know a lot of people are thinking, hey, how come this game isn't later? How come it's not at 5 or uh, at 7.30? Again, television dictates everything, and it's it's in that noon time slot. Not not a fan at all. And I don't get it. Do you know Air Force and Boise State are on Friday night? Or, I'm sorry, Friday afternoon. So they got a Friday game. They play at 1 p.m. on Friday. The only thing I could think of is they want to give the team as much rest as possible, whoever's going to be playing in the championship game. That's why. So you got a game on Friday. And then you want to have the UNLV San Jose State game at noon. That's about the only thing. And that that's really not far fetched because we've seen these type of scenarios before where it's like, okay, we got a championship game probably midday next Saturday. We want to give both, you know, whoever the participants are equal amount of rest. I bet that's why it's not a seven thirty game. Because basically you would lose another day. You know, really like with travel, the other team traveling back, all that sort of thing. That's the only thing I, I can figure. But if you look at the TV schedule, yeah, this is going to be on CBS Sports Network like most of the Mountain West games are. What is that TV schedule for a 5 o'clock or 7.30 game? Obviously, something, somebody else is slotted there, but they're not moving it. 12 noon. Is what it is. It, it is. sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's your gut say right now? you going to get involved in this game? I haven't broken down the card yet, but I can tell you that it stuck out to me that it was a three and a half point spread. I, I really, that surprised me. You can find some threes there too. Really, really surprises me for the year that they've had. And I get so what you would take saying. UNLV is what you say. You lay the three. No, I think the opposite. Whenever I think a line, you know how I do. I, I, I mean, know. I think in when we, when we get Chuck on, I'm, I'm going to ask where, you know, at this number because, I would have thought, especially here at the books in town, you would expect to see some UNLV, you know, love. Right. And, and I go back to their last home game, that Friday night game. That was a statement game for UNLV. They finally got, you know, on a national, you know, national, it was what Fox Sports won, but right. it was a standalone game mm -hmm. where you never have the spotlight on UNLV. That was a big game for them. And they drilled Wyoming in that game. I, I'm just surprised at the number. I expected it to come out four and a half or five. I could see that. And I think the only reason it is because San Jose State's won five in a row. And you, you look up, they put up some gaudy numbers offensively. They struggled with San Diego State last week. They didn't put them away till late in yeah. the game. Yeah. In San Diego State, when you say San Diego State, right. they've been one of the blue bloods, yeah. them and Boise, of this conference. But not this year. But when you look at the final score, that you're looking at, oh, well, they blew them out. Yeah. They didn't cover. Yeah. All right. Back to um, the NFL. All right. We talked about uh, the card yesterday. Steelers and the Browns. 
ugly game. We talk about the Raiders and Dolphins being an ugly game. Neither team had more than 260 yards of offense in this Brown-Steelers game. I don't know how you could watch this, Marco. I don't know if, why you torture yourself to continue to, to watch this. Kenny Pickett. I had somebody come up to me when I was in Sacramento, and they said, how about that Pittsburgh quarterback? He, he, he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. Now, I didn't watch the game yesterday. I didn't see the stats or nothing, right? This was last night because we were getting ready to watch the Broncos and the um, Vikings game last night. They go, the guy's just, he's, he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. I go, have you not seen Zach Wilson? <laughs> have you not seen Tyson Bajan? Have you not seen Aiden O'Connell? They go, no, that's Steelers guy. He's terrible. So I go back and I, I look. I, well, wait a minute. 106 yards? Can he pick it out 106 yards? This guy, high draft pick coming out of college last year. He's gonna, oh, he's gonna be a great, he just has not turned into the guy. And I never thought he was great at Pitt anyway, but even when he got in the game last year, wasn't he better last year than what we're seeing this year? What's going on? 106 yards in an NFL football game? Are you kidding me? And then, Dorian Thompson Rob, uh, Robinson, the former UCLA product, Bishop Gorman product, 165 yards. How about these quarterback ratings yesterday? 62.5 for your boy Pickett and DTR 54.9. What the heck was that game yesterday? It was ugly. There's no question about it. But let's not forget that you did have uh, Cleveland is one of the better defenses in the NFL. They're top five. Uh, they may be top three. This is a situation where, again, you know, you talk about the things with the Raiders and the stubbornness. Uh, Mike Tomlin, you know, he defends Matt Canada the whole way. Yeah, Kenny Pickett hasn't evolved from last year, but if you go back and look, who has the most, you know, he's right up there with fourth quarter comebacks in quarterbacks the last two seasons. Okay, because they're always in positions where they got to come from behind. And again, yesterday they had an opportunity. They tied the game late. He could have had another fourth quarter comeback, but they kept their streak alive only by 10 yards for total yards, but they kept their streak alive. They have been outgained in every single contest this year and yet are six and four. Um, I went with Cleveland simply because I was riding the defense. I was going with the injured player theory. You know I love that angle. First game, guys out. Um, I would have felt more comfortable if they would have went with Walker. Uh, I know Walker wasn't great when he was in there for Cleveland, but he's a veteran quarterback. He went with a rookie that that was only a second start. But give Cleveland credit. Look how many times they threw the football with him yesterday. He had 40-some throws in that game, and they played with a lead the entire game. They scored on the opening drive, took a 7 nothing lead, and Pittsburgh was always behind in that game until they tied it late in the fourth. So they didn't have to throw the football as much as they did. They were aggressive. Pittsburgh was the exact opposite. Yeah. Ugly football game, and Cleveland gets uh, the win, 13-10. to uh, Niners and Cowboys, they rolled. Niners win 27-14, Dallas 33-10. Uh, Niners look great. Tampa Bay, decent offensively, but the Niners still way too much. And then again, typical Dallas, like I always say, pretty easy handicap. Now it doesn't matter if it's home or away. Uh, the bad teams are going to drill 
and the good teams, they're not going to win. And uh, they won going away pretty much yesterday, even though the game was on the road. And I give them credit because they come back and play on Thursday. You know, they very easily could have just played not to lose, get in and get out. But, you know, was it a case of Dallas being superior or Carolina couldn't get out of their own way, too? You know, Carolina didn't help their own cause. Oh, no. I think it's a combination of the two. I mean, they're inept. I mean, they've won one football game all year, and Bryce Young has got, hasn't been good because he doesn't have an offensive line in front of him. So, nightmare. Buffalo rolls over the Jets 32-6. Like I said, thought a good, good spot for the Bills. Josh Allen, three touchdowns. Now, the game last night, I know that you were involved. We both were involved in this game. Denver defeats Minnesota 21-20, a game where the Broncos led 3 nothing, and then it looked like that they could get boat raced in this game. Denver had 13 first downs. They were two for 12 and third down. They had 46 rushing yards. We, this is a mirror image of what we talked about earlier with the Raiders game where they had a commitment to the run, just like the Raiders, and they could only garnish 36 yards. The Raiders had 296 yards of total offense. That's going back to the Raiders. Eight of their 11 games, you talk about, you know, Pittsburgh being outgained in every game. <laughs> the Raiders have been held under 300 yards in eight of the 11 games. Only three of their 11 games, they have got more than 300 yards. Those opponents, Giants, Patriots, Steelers. That's it. And we look at Denver, it's the same thing. 46 Rushing yards yesterday. And Minnesota gave the game away. Three turnovers. People are all talking about Joshua Dobbs. And I go, wait a minute. Just remember, I've said this since he came over to Minnesota. You're going to get that Joshua Dobbs at some point in time where it's the turnover, the fumble-prone Josh Dobbs. And you got that last night. There's a reason why this guy has played with six teams in the last two-plus years. Nice story, but you're not going to win long-term with him. And Denver just played some ugly football, and they were down 20-15 to because they held Minnesota to some field goals, and then the Russell Wilson touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton in the back of the end zone gives the Broncos the lead 21-20. I think a lot of Bronco fans were shocked at this. And then it came down to that two-point conversion, Marco. <laughs> Denver favored by two and a half, and of course they couldn't get it. It uh, they shouldn't have been in the game. I mean, they were fortunate to be where they were at. And Dobbs had the interception. Yeah, that was you know that was bad. The fumble that he had, I don't know if you saw what what was they calling? What were they doing? It was a third and short, and you're running a gimmick play with your quarterback. Okay, mind you, he's your quarterback because your starting quarterback was out for the season. The backup got drilled early in the game and you were forced to go to this guy and you're running a gimmick play to expose your quarterback and he gets lit up on the play and had to go into the tent, you know, for, you know, to be checked out. That was an idiotic play. Okay. Minus everything that happened in that game. Joshua Dobbs is still a great story. Did you see some of the plays that he extended with his feet? Oh yeah. Especially early on the first half. Yeah. Unbelievable. 
pocket poise yep. and, and to be just to step up and hold a play. And that one that he ended up getting the touchdown on down there, that's supposed any other quarterback is throwing that ball out of the back of the end zone or taking the sack. And he let that play develop because he's not afraid to get hit. You just described Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> <laughs> True, right? Yeah. But to, to have the patience to wait and a guy break, breaks open and makes, yeah. makes the touchdown. You can't help but root for him. And obviously I was in a, a very good situation. I texted you before the game. I had teased Minnesota with Buffalo earlier in the day. Middle, middle. And then I, the come, then I come back with a little, you know, money line parlay on Denver, you know, smaller just to, uh, you know, have an eight point middle there from, you know, win the game to eight and a half on the teaser. And that's nice. And I can't wait to when we do Chuck talk to Chuck, as you said, favorites won yesterday, but they didn't cover. And that's, that's a, you don't see that in the NFL. Generally, the winner of the game covers the spread almost 80% of the time. The winner of the game, whether it's the favorite or the dog. All right. All right. We'll uh, dive into that uh, with Chuck Esposito when we come back. Plus, we will preview tonight's Super Bowl rematch, the Eagles and the Chiefs. Look forward to that as we continue on this Monday. I got something for you. Here's the man, the myth. The oracle has spoken. The mouth. You hear me talking? T.C. Martin. All right, getting ready for a Super Bowl rematch tonight, huh? Monday night football. Looking forward to that week 11. The Chiefs hosting the Eagles, the line two and a half. Let's break it down. Let's talk about that game and the rest, not only with Marco D'Angelo here, my tag team partner on Mondays, but Chuck Esposito, our guy over at Red Rock Station Casino's sportsbook director. His Monday gig is here. What's going on, brother? I'm good, T. You know, first it's... uh want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Should be a fun week this week. You got a lot of football. You know, tonight a great game. Three big games on Thursday, a game on Black Friday. Um, it's going to be fun. You know, it's such a great time to get, if you don't have it already, a really, really good time to get signed up for SDN Sports. We know everybody's busy. Honey, to do list. Get signed up. It brings the sports book right to you. Look at that commercial from Chuck Esposito himself. That's beautiful. I, I, memory. I, I love it. I love it. Now, Chuck, will you just record that and then we'll just we'll we'll, we'll play that every time Chuck comes on. I like it. I like it, T. I like it. I know. So okay. So the breaking news. Are you ready for the breaking news uh, today, Chuck? I mean, we have you know always here. We'll give you the most riveting breaking news. Got to be something about a Chicago team, but go ahead. Yeah, see there, see where Chuck goes. He just thinks like, you know. No. I know he likes to pick on them, Chuck. I know that he takes his shots. I get it. And that's just I a Chicago it. guy himself. You know that. No, the Packers finally won a game, and he's pounded his chest. I no, get it. I no, 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 no. It, it, it's not going to be. You know, what, what are you having for Thanksgiving? You know, I'm, I'm curious about you know, your food options. All right, that. all right. But no, it is a. Uh, Taylor Swift will not be attending tonight's game. Chuck, how much does the line move? Because we know that Travis Kelsey's, his receiving yards prop really drops a lot, you know, if, if, uh, if his girlfriend is I, I, not I, there. I, I might have to flip the favorite. I might have to flip the favorite in this game. <laughs> that break, man. I know, right? But there are what, people that what buy. What's the issue? I mean, I mean, uh, I'm stunned. Thank God I didn't have that prop on the board. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, it's um, it's a tough one, really a tough one. I I hear this stuff and I laugh, but there 
are people that are reporting th- that uh, they actually buy into this garbage, Chuck, that, uh, that, uh, you know, the lines drop, uh, not so much with the Chiefs, but the, the Kelsey uh, player props actually rise when she, when they find out she's going to be at the game and, and they dip below when, uh, she's not there. <laughs> I'm not sure how, what to even respond to, to be honest with you, you know? Uh, this producer Nubchuck's a breaking news story. Good job, Nubchuck. Say, oh, Jesus. Can we talk about some real football? Let's talk about the game tonight, yeah, really. Chuck. What's going on, man? Two and a half, the Chiefs. What are you seeing? Where's the money going? Who you like? Let's go. Super Bowl rematch. You know, it's um it's it's kind of a, a weird game. It's that meaning that the numbers come down a little bit. We did open at three. Um kind of money and ticket counts clearly favor the Chiefs. But the, the sharper or the more sophisticated plays have been on the Eagles. And that's why I think as an industry, you've seen this number drop from two and a half, or excuse me, from three to two and a half. Also, it seems like in a lot of these big games, they, they bet against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs have been great for us because they've come through. Eagles are eight and one. They've been so dominant. Both teams come off their bye. We know the history of Andy Reid off a of bye. Um, but, the, the, the more, again, more tickets and more money on the Chiefs. I think this is a tough week for us guys because really only four games went our way this past weekend. It was a weekend kind of dominated by the, the bigger favorites across the board. Thank God that we had the, uh, the Packers, the Bears, uh, the Raiders and the Vikings come through for us and NFC North was dominant. Bears, Pack and Vikings really helped our side of the counter, um, the guests did much, much better um, to, to most of the, the big games. We only went four and nine, and because of that, and no real big outright dog winner, there is some teaser liability across the board heading into both these two teams tonight. Best case for us is probably Eagles winning the game outright, um, but, but overall a really good weekend, but some liability heading into tonight. See, Marco, you, you do engage in, in the teasers like I, I do. I know you're, you're a six point guy, but this has, yeah, I would think for you has teaser written all over. I thought you'd be uh, teasing Philadelphia up to over a touchdown and getting that either eight and a half or nine points for you, man. If I was teasing, I didn't tease this game. Yeah. If I'm teasing this game, that's the way you're, you got to tease mm-hmm. it. And I'm surprised that Chuck said that they need the Eagles because I would think you would have a lot of liability because that is well, the well, traditional. Mar- Marco, we, we don't need, I mean, that's just the best case. It doesn't really mean we, again, there's liability to, to all combinations because of the teasers. That's just kind of best case right now. But I know the, your sharp players, you, they're all Philadelphia teasers. Uh, your sharper accounts, they're taking Philly up over the touchdown because that, that, that's yep, the automatic yep. play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Marco, you like Kansas City in this spot, I don't do, you? I do like Kansas yeah. City. And I'll be honest, whenever I started to break this game down at the beginning of the last <laughs> week, you know, we do all the shows and everybody wants to talk about the biggest games of the week. This is clearly the biggest game of the week. It's the Super Bowl revenge. And I started out, you know, I say revenge is the most overused thing, but when it's somebody that ends your season, you remember that. And there's no, nothing more, you know, final than losing in the Super Bowl. So that started me out on Philadelphia. But then the more I looked at this and broke the game down, I said, okay, what's different from last year from these two teams in Super Bowl? One, Philadelphia couldn't have played a better game than they played in the Super Bowl 
and they still came up short. Jalen Hurts had the game of a lifetime. He ran the football. He threw the football for a ton of yardage. That was probably one of his best games of his career. Can he duplicate that? Well, the thing that's the biggest difference is the Kansas City defense this year. You know, I kept saying at the beginning of the year, oh, well, they just played this team, you know, and then they played that team. No, they shut down Miami. They shut down the Chargers in the second half. They they scored no points. This defense is for real. Then you throw the history of Andy Reid off of a bye week, and then you go from the Super Bowl was on a neutral field to now we're playing at Kansas City. I swung all the way around to Kansas City. That's That's where I'm at. It, that's funny because I did the exact same thing. Initially, I said, okay, this, this game is probably too tough uh, to call, but let me dive into it. And I said, okay, the common sense says uh, take Philadelphia, especially on a teaser. I like that. And then I, I flipped for those exact same reasons that you said, and I'll add a couple more on there as well, too, is that, yeah, Andy Reid, the bye week, outstanding. We know that. But I just think that, you know, Kansas City right now, um, is playing better football. And for me, what took me over to the Kansas City side is Jalen Hurts' injury. And a lot of people aren't talking about that. But his knee is really banged up. And I would say right now, Jalen Hurts, is no NFL player is you know close to 100% right now. But I'm thinking he's more like 50 and 60% right now. And then he also still has that little shoulder injury going as well, too. So I think as much as I love Jalen Hurts, I just love this guy, but I just think that he's banged up. And then you're right. The Kansas City defense is playing so well. And I kind of threw out the whole revenge factor from the Super Bowl. I'm usually into that whole revenge thing, but I think again, it's been nine months. Uh, I think, I think, I think you throw it out. And I just think that the Chiefs are the slightly better team here. I know, uh, Philly's nine and one, but yeah, I, and I think it's a short price to lay. Uh, whether it's the money line or laying the two and a half uh, with the Chiefs. What about you, Chuck? You know, I, I get what you say about Hurts. I mean, I, I think coming off the bye, at least it probably uh, couldn't have come at a better time uh, to give him some opportunity to, to rest that knee. Um, I think it's just a, a great matchup. I mean, I'm happy to root for whoever we need in this spot. Um, the Eagles are in such a good spot right now to maybe have the best record in the NFC and get one of those two. I mean, the, the only buy you get now is one team in each conference. So I think it's so paramount for them if they could somehow be that team to get Hurts even more rest when the postseason rolls around. I'm happy to root for whoever we need in this game, guys. I think it's a, it's a great game. I think the one thing that's really intriguing to me is that the Super Bowl was 38-35, and you, know, you see a total here that's actually come down. Probably a product of this year, where in primetime games, totals are hitting at about a 63% a clip under. But, man, this is the marquee game, not only of this week, but of the season so far. And I think definitely can kind of be a measuring stick of where we're at as we go into the last seven weeks of the season. And, and I think the weather's going to have a lot to do with this total coming down uh, because the conditions are, are not supposed to be good. It's going to be 47 degrees, and you've got to rain basically throughout the game in this, uh, Chuck. And uh, I'm, I'm sure the, the the wind probably won't be howling, but the, you know the wind might be a little bit of a factor as well too. So maybe that has something to do with it. But it doesn't. It's too bad that we're not going to see this game played in pristine conditions. But hey, this is football in November in Kansas City, right? 
No, absolutely. I think, you you know, we've seen games like this played before, and these two teams are explosive. And, um, you know, I, I really – I agree with you on what you said about Kansas City's defense. It's their offense that is, is, is so different this year. They just don't look nearly as dynamic. And I know it's – you know, that they're playing without, you know, Tyreek Hill again. And, you know, it's, they're, they're, they're a different team, but man, you wonder if the way that the, the commander's offense has been with Eric the enemy, if there is anything, you know, missing from that offense, as far as scheming goes and game planning going, he's done a, such a good job with that Washington offense. We know they have other deficiencies, but you know, that's missing from, from Kansas city as well this year. Yeah, and you, if you're looking at uh, props with uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, throw, out, <coughs> throw out the Taylor Swift thing. But um, seriously, when you look at the uh, tight ends against the Eagles, I believe that uh, they give up. It's it's the the third third worst uh, mark in uh, the NFL of uh, giving up yardage to tight ends. So uh, obviously Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey have that special bond, that special connection on and off the field. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Kelsey had a huge game here tonight and the Eagles a little bit banged up in the secondary toe. And if you look at uh, Travis Kelsey, if the weather's bad, He's going to be the guy you're going to look to, yep. you know, coming off the line for a short pass to, you know, extension of the run. Uh, I would look at his, uh, yeah. catch prop. But Chuck is so right, though. I mean, they, the, the running game doesn't, you know, fear you at all. And again, the, the wide receivers don't. I mean, Patrick Mahomes does, though, uh, especially at home. But yeah, they're not he, the same. You're offense. right. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, you're absolutely right, though. It, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's his creativity. It's, you know, he doesn't maybe run a lot. But when he does run, it's always at the most opportune time and creates a first down. He makes that big play when he needs it. Um, he's got two rings for a reason. And we know both these two teams are really, really good. And, again, I think it's a, a good measuring stick of kind of where they are. And I think if you look at Philly, I mean, they play uh, this game against Kansas City. They host the Bills next week. So they're playing two of, you know, kind of the, the better teams, although Buffalo right now on the outside looking into the postseason over the next couple of weeks where uh, Kansas City comes here uh, to play the Raiders next week. You know, speaking of that game, Chuck, at Elysian Stadium, uh, the Chiefs coming in here, do you, uh, do you even bother, like, with a look-ahead line, even though the team ha- plays tonight or whatever, or if you haven't put up a line, what kind of line do you anticipate Maybe opening up with uh, tomorrow. I know it's going to probably definitely determine what happens tonight, but, but do, do you put up lines like that with uh, a team still having a game to play tonight? Yeah, we absolutely do. I mean, the game's up right now. Um, uh, the Chiefs are almost a uh, double digit favorite against the Raiders. And I, I think you, you know, you, you look at this game and, um, the, the, the Raiders have three straight covers. They, you were able to win those two games against New York. Um, you saw a game go from 11 and a half to 14 against Miami. Uh, they got a cover there. Um, kind of the interesting trend though, I think, we, you know, what Raiders Chiefs is that the total has gone under in five of Kansas City's last five games. And I think that goes back to what we talked about with them being a little bit different team this year, especially on offense. The total has gone under in five of Vegas's last five home games. And we've talked about their struggles of even getting to 21 points. And the total's gone under in eight of Vegas' last nine games overall. So Chiefs are coming off this big game against the Eagles. We know when they met in the Super Bowl again, it was 38-35. Yet when these two teams play, 
of late, the total has gone under. But we do have the line up right now on this game. And again, it's uh, Chiefs almost a double-digit favorite against the Raiders. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock, director of the Station Casino's properties. All right, NFL, the favorites won 10 of the 12 games yesterday, but the underdogs covered 8 of the 12. Uh, how much were you sweating bullets yesterday, Chuck? Yeah, it, like I said, see, I mean, early, thank God, again, I mean, getting the, the Bears to cover against the Lions um, was really, really big, um, really helped, and getting the Raiders to cover against the Dolphins. Those two games really kind of saved the day. In many cases, it's not how many games we win, it's, it's which games we win, and that really helped. In the afternoon, chopped it up just a bit. Um, the betters did a little bit better in the afternoon. But uh, getting that Vikings game to kind of end the way it did really helped. But unfortunately, it did create, as I mentioned earlier, um, some liability going into pretty much all outcomes tonight. Uh, kind of maybe the, the worst position we've been in so far uh, year to date heading into a Monday night. But I think that goes back to the entire weekend. Uh, Saturday with a lot of the big um, you know, top 20 teams actually you know, winning and covering teasers. And then yesterday, when you look at teams like the Cowboys, the 49ers, uh, the Bills, just to name a few, the Dolphins, the Lions, these are all teams that, that covered the teasers as well. Um, we would have been in a much different position, guys, uh, had the Bears not blown that lead. Uh, had the Bears won, where the Lions were teased down to about a three-point favorite, um, you know, having a Bear outright win, I think really would have flipped the script on some of that liability heading into tonight. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. Chuck, it wasn't a high-profile game in the least, but I got to figure Washington losing outright was a good outcome for the house because everybody was looking at you know Washington teasing them down just to win the game as bad as the Giants have looked in the last several weeks. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Marco. That that game helped as well, but it just wasn't one of those top kind of you know uh, four or five games for us. That uh, you know, I think there's still a lot of people that understand that they had already lost to the Giants once this year, um, and they've got you know they they lead the league I think in giving up sacks, and they still have a lot of issues that Commander team. The change in ownership. There's probably no seat hotter right now than maybe Ron Rivera's, and um, you know you, you just. It was a, it was a good spot, I think, for the Giants um, to go in there and, and win that game. But definitely helped. But it wasn't one of those big marquee games that I mentioned that really kind of could have flipped the, the script as far as you know cutting into some of that teaser liability. Really, the first time I can remember this year that it's been kind of that spot where we didn't have uh, even in college football. We talk about every week how there's so many teams that are double digit underdogs that win outright. Usually, it's in that seven, ten, twelve. 15-point range, where this year it was only three of those. Dallas and San Francisco uh, covered. I guess it depends on when you got San Francisco because that line was 11, 11 and a half a majority of the week. But they when covered the teasers, though, too. Yes, they I did. Think that, that, yeah. Yeah, you're like, who are you, who are you telling? Was- I'm the guy. I'm the guy that came to your window and cast one. So what do you think of that? <laughs> Man, usually he's coming up looking for a slip, Marco. But at least oh! this he was actually casted. I think that's the first time that Chuck actually hit me in the heart right there. <laughs> that- uh, just a lot. Just. Just a lot of love, oh, buddy. I'm only wow. having fun with you. Man, speaking of which, it's been a it's been a while since I went and, and, and got a slip from Chuck. So guess what, Chuck? It has. I'm coming on Thanksgiving because I don't like turkey. They're giving me a bad time because I don't like turkey. I'm coming there. There we go. T-Bones better be open on. Oh no, they're gonna have this special menu. It's probably what they'll do on Thursday, right, Chuck? They have a special. Uh, menu. They're they're open, buddy, and I know the food's phenomenal. Oh, we know that's true. All right, brother. Um, 
All right. So we, we got all of that, uh, uh, happening here as well, too. What, and you mentioned the college. We got to do a little look ahead game here, Chuck, because UNLV is playing for a I chance. I knew that's where you were going. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. And now we got a, a number of three on the board. San Jose State, though, they're dangerous, man. They've won five in a row. But can you believe this conversation that we're having here, Chuck? UNLV could be hosting the Mountain West Conference Championship game. How glorious is that? It's, it's phenomenal, T. I mean, I don't think, you know, at all over the last 10 years I can remember really talking about UNLV football and also talking about them as being the, uh, the best team against the number, um, in college football. Um, I mean, they're nine and two. They, they come off the big win against Air Force. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, the numbers three and a half crept up a little bit, but there really is some interesting kind of betting trends in this one. And, you know, I know Marco would appreciate this as well. San Jose 5-0 and straight up in their last five games. San Jose 11-2 and straight up in their last 11 games when playing UNLV. Rebels 5-0 and straight up in their last five games as well. But more importantly, going back to that earlier statement I made, Rebel football 10-1 and against the number in their last 11 games. So that means all of our listeners right now, they've been cashing on the Rebels. I can't remember the last time I said that, but Rebel football has made a lot of guests out here a lot of money this year. Yeah, very true. All right, uh, probably the marquee game, and there's several coming up Saturday as we look ahead, Chuck. There's only one, T. There's only one. Michigan and uh, Ohio State. Uh, and we, Here we go, Chuck. We've got that 9 o'clock in the morning game again. I mean, it's too bad, but... These two teams always play on that nine o'clock Pacific time slot there in Michigan, a, uh, a three and a half point favorite at home. Uh, what are you thinking? Well, you know, Ohio State was so dominant against Michigan for the longest time. Michigan comes off back-to-back years now that they've really kind of blown the Buckeyes out, and the game has gone over. We know there's no Jim Harbaugh. The number has come down, though, from four and a half to three and a half. Here's some trends, guys, real quick. Ohio State 5-0 and straight up in their last five games on the road. The total has gone over in five Ohio State's last five games. So five for five when playing Michigan. And Michigan is also 5-0 and straight up in their last five games. Granted, it hasn't been against you know, teams like Ohio State, but this is the game. I mean, what a, a phenomenal game. I think the big factor is, you know, Jim Har- no Jim Harbaugh, both teams undefeated, playing for an opportunity to potentially be in the college, you know, championship, in the college playoffs. Um, phenomenal game to kick off Saturday morning, guys. All right. As we close out, as we get ready for the Eagles and the Chiefs here tonight, the Super Bowl rematch, uh, that line has been fixed at two and a half. Any reluctancy about not going to three with this number, Chuck? I don't think it's going to go back, T. I, I think they've already kind of shown us that um, they're going to take that number. And, and a lot of times that happens. If we see a number early in the week that They've clearly shown, as Marco attested earlier, that, that that's kind of the sharp side, and that's the side that they're looking for. We might not go back to that number. Um, but uh, sharp money was clearly on the Eagles, plus that number, yet overall money and ticket counts favor the Chiefs. So, uh, as I mentioned, some liability from the weekend. Best case for us right now, Eagles an outright winner. You know, we'll probably be hoping for a little fly, Eagles fly, but I'm just looking forward to watching this matchup. If it's uh, as good as the Super Bowl was, I think we're all in for a treat tonight. I don't know. I'm betting Kansas City, but as I said earlier, I'm having Philly cheesesteaks at home while I'm watching this. What am I doing? (laughs) 
You know, I, I really didn't even think that way. I see the, the food is prevalent with me where I'm going against my wager. I'm having a Philly cheese. I, I think in that, I think in that case, I'm going to, to take Philadelphia tonight, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to eat Kansas City barbecue. Oh, there you go. Okay. Out of boy. See, I see where you're going with that. Good stuff. <laughs> You're rubbing off on me, T. It's scary, Marco. Uh, I, I got to stop, man. I got to stop. <laughs> and Marco's just shaking his head because uh, he's, he's... I'm shaking mine too, buddy. Believe but, me. Because but, but, this guy talks about his uh, food just as much as I do, Chuck. I mean, this guy's already has his, his Thanksgiving uh, meal plan. He's going to start diving in on Wednesday because he can't wait till Thursday. Not a boy, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, what is going to be on the Esposito uh, uh, table Thursday? Come on, break it down. Let's go. I hope there's, a, there's going to be some Chicago uh, nuances in there. <laughs> it's going to be a deep dish turkey, that's for sure. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. See, you, you, what, you couldn't say pizza, huh? You couldn't say pizza. No, 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 no. Just looking forward to really spending some time with uh, you know some friends and family and loved ones, and that's what it's all about. And again, want to wish uh, both you guys and and your families a uh, happy Thanksgiving, them Chuck as well, and and of course uh, all the listeners, you know, happy, healthy Thanksgiving, enjoy time with your families. You got it, brother. The STN mobile app, go get it. If you don't have it, everyone probably does have it, but if you don't get it. Uh, log in, uh, easiest way, uh, to bet these games for, uh, the comfort, whether you're at home, on the road, wherever, the STN mobile app. All right, Chuck, have a good one. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Best of you and the family, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, boys. Sounds great, man. Happy Turkey Day. You got it. All right. Putting a bow and a wrap on this one. There it is. KC tonight? KC. KC barbecue? Uh, just Casey. I hope they barbecue Philly. <laughs> I know. I know you're. You got some food tied into the game. Where Where are you going? What are you watching? What are you eating? I don't know what I'm eating. I decided. I don't know what time I'm eating, but uh, you know where I'll be. Ah, you know where I'll be. <laughs> ah, see now, if I wasn't you know committed to the Philly cheesesteak, I would wait until after the game and and meet him afterwards. So, but your place isn't open on Mondays. Good point. Good point. That's why I don't do that. Yeah. yeah. That's more of a more of a Thursday thing or something yeah. like that. I got it. All right. Good luck to you, my friend. Thank All right. You. We're on the same side, so uh, that'll be good. We hope. All right. Wagertalk.com. That's where you go. Get Marco's plays. Gracious enough to share a lot of his stuff with us here. But uh, for our listeners, go check that out at wagertalk.com. Marco handicapping the entire board and uh, the entire sporting world as well, too. Except cro- croquet and cricket, I believe. For Dub Chuck and Marco TC saying so long, go to the website, check everything out at tcmartinshow.com. We're back for a terrible Tuesday. Manana.